0: Imagine if the Lord came to you and asked you, what shall I do for you? What shall I do for you? What shall I do for you? First Kings chapter three, I just want to look at a couple of verses. This is a familiar story. Many of us know this story of Solomon, but beginning at chapter three, verse four, the Bible says this, it says, now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, talking about King Solomon. For that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask, what shall I give you? Now, I'm not going to go any further with the story. There, You know, I can just tell you that it's, it's a familiar story. Many of us know that Solomon responded in a certain way to God, and God uh, enjoyed Solomon's response. And rightfully so, many of us, when we read that story or when we hear it preached about or taught, we focus on Solomon's response. Rightfully so, as we should. Because what did Solomon do? He said, Listen, Lord, uh, you know, you, uh, my father, you loved my father because he was faithful to you. You showed him loving kindness. And now you have set me on the throne instead of my father. He said, and he was humble. He said, But I don't know how to go in and come out. That could be a message series right there. I don't know how to go out. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out to war praising God. I don't know how to come in, lead your people in worship. I don't know how to do it yet. But please give me understanding of the mind and a right heart before you. Give me wisdom on how to judge your people. We know that Solomon said that and we know God's response even to Solomon. But I want to focus. I would like to back it up for a moment. And we look at that response that Solomon had and God had. I'd like to back it up for a moment and focus on the fact that God came to Solomon in the first place and told him to ask. It wasn't Solomon that said, hey, I wonder if I can ask God. You know, he put me on the throne. I mean, I wonder if I can go to him and ask for something. No, Solomon was sacrificing to God, went to sleep and God came to him and said, ask, what shall I give you? What would your response be if God came to you and said, ask, what shall I give you? What shall I give you? What would your response be? Contemplate on that throughout this series. What would your response be? Many of us don't believe that God would do that. Well, Solomon was the king. Well, you know, Solomon, that was back in the Old Testament times. God doesn't do that anymore. God wouldn't do that for me because I've messed up so much. I want to tell you something. Solomon messed up a lot and his dad messed up even more. I'm not dogging David or dogging Solomon. I'm just telling you that they're no different than you and I in the sight of the Lord. I think I remember reading somewhere where Paul said uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We're all one in the body guess what that includes David and Solomon so the same Holy Spirit that endowed all of that power upon Solomon to have wisdom is the same Holy Spirit that you have living in you if you've given your life to the Lord and received the Holy Spirit same one so why wouldn't God ask you what shall I do for you you think it has something to do with the way you behave you think it has something to do with the way you act you think it has something to do with the way you perform but what did solomon perform he he sacrificed that's all he did he sacrificed and god came to him and said ask what shall i give you so i want to encourage you to imagine now what am i talking about when i'm talking about imagine imagine means to form a vivid and powerful image of something that is not present to the senses or your imagination just yet. It means that you have to do something. I'm not talking about when you're just sitting there and thoughts come into your mind. God does that sometimes. But I'm challenging you to be proactive and imagine. I'm, I'm challenging you to form God thoughts. I'm challenging you to see vivid images that are not yet manifested based on the Holy Spirit that is in you imagine that I'm talking about means to step into the realm of the Holy Spirit the realm of the invisible the realm of the supernatural I'm talking about stepping into the real world you're in the matrix right now I'm talking about stepping into the real world where God is come on I mean the language of the Holy Spirit is the language of dreams and visions Why would he not give you a dream and a vision, the power to imagine? Remember in Isaiah 55, he said, you know it well, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I would think that you would want to have a God thought, because I've thought a lot of things. (laughs) And God thoughts are so much better than my own thoughts. Come on. God thoughts challenge you. God thoughts take you to a place you couldn't get on your own. Imagine. You see, imagine is a life of faith. Imagine itself is a God thought. Imagine is a Holy Spirit work. But imagine is also a perseverance word. Imagine is a perseverance word. You can't quit. You can't give up. Imagine is a vision word. Imagine is a miracle word. That's what I'm talking about. Imagine pushes you through the doors of opportunity. And I know if you're like me, you would say, listen, you, you have to have goals. You, you, you have to have a strategy, you have to be strategic about what you do in life, you have to plan, you have to plan for retirement, you have to save up money if you want to go on a trip, you have to think things through. I mean, after all, Jesus said a man doesn't build a house unless he first what? Counts the cost, come on, we know that, we know it to be true, we know it to be true. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to begin by imagining. You're not just going to go get a bunch of materials and start building a house without thinking, what does the house supposed to look like? Well, what kind of materials do I need? What's the, what's the end product going to be? You're just going to start building and see what it turns out to be? I don't think so. I think you would first imagine what it is. You ever had, I know this is my experience, you ever been to an interview or whatever it may be, and someone sitting across from you would say, what, where do you see yourself in five years? that happen to anybody? I know it's just, where do you see yourself in five years? I know my response is I'm not sure. Tomorrow I see myself eating dinner. I mean, I'm really not sure about next week. But what are they doing? They're challenging you to think past the present. Because you, you can never get to where you want to be unless you know where it is you want to be. Come on. You can't even get directions on how to get there unless I know where there is. I mean, if I want to go to California, I just can't start uh, out here on the highway. Just start going 69 South. I'll get there someday. I, maybe you will. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe you won't. <laughs> you got to first know where it is. Listen, I, 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 I have this, this book that it, it's a great book. And it, it, it made me get the audio book. I have this book of Martin Luther King Jr. speeches. And uh, I love great leaders like that. One of my favorite leaders is Winston Churchill. I love inspirational leaders. You know, this is their finest hour. We're fighting against all odds, those type of things. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. uh, was that way as well. And I have this book of all his speeches. And it's funny because when I sit there uh, sometimes and I just begin to read the speeches, in my mind I can see him, you know, speaking. I can see him Preaching those, those, the, you know, I have a, I can't speak like he does, but you know, I can, I can see him saying those words, I have a dream in the, the red uh, clay hills of Georgia. And I can see, I can imagine him saying that. And so it made me get the, the audio uh, tape or the audio disc of, of those uh, speeches. And I began to listen uh, and how inspiring he was. And it made me think about something. It made me think that this man and many other people, men and women, Mother Teresa, many other men and women have moved people and it wasn't based on strategy. He didn't get up before a million people and say, I have a strategic plan. He said, I have a dream, I have a dream. Where you want to get to tomorrow, next week, five years, ten years, it's got to begin with your dream. What are you dreaming about? And if you don't dream, I want to encourage you to dream. And maybe because you've dreamed before and you've been let down, you've been offended, you've been disappointed, you don't want to do it again. But I want to tell you this. It wasn't the dream that disappointed you. The first place I would tell you is to look in the mirror, but I don't want to talk about you. I would say that to me. If I've been disappointed, the first place I need to do is look in the first place I need to look is in the mirror. Come on. I mean, listen, if you're tired of the way people treat you, this is a side note for free. I throw this one in. If If you're tired of the way people treat you, maybe you ought to look at how you treat people. Come on now. But your destiny begins with a dream. It begins with you imagining where can I be? Where does God want me to be? And if you don't think God wants you to be someplace that you can't get to on your own, then you're selling God short. Because I guarantee you, he wants you to be there. He wants you to be at a place you can't get to on your own. Come on. He wants you to be out in the middle of the ocean. I can't get there. I know you can't get there. But I can get you there. That's what he's telling you. I can walk as far as L.A. and that's it. I can't walk any further. I can swim out a little bit, but that, that, that's all I can do. He says, yeah, I can can take you the rest of the way, but you got to see yourself where you want to be. Come on. A dream is a train of thoughts and images imparted by God. That's what I'm talking about this morning. As something to aspire toward, something to achieve, to think and believe that a thing is possible. It's possible to do what God is asking you to do. What would you say if God said to you today, ask, what shall I give you? ask what shall I give you a dream is a visionary creation of the imagination it's okay to have an imagination you know I think kids have it right kids have it right and I think something happens to us as we grow older we get jaded and kids are so creative some of the things kids come up with if we kept that there's no telling what our world will be like today if we kept the imagination that children have sometimes. Come on. It's a future hope or a desire that lives in your mind. Now, it is true. I won't lie. It is true that in order to get there, we do need to develop strategic plans. We do need to have goals. We need to have steps that we follow. We need to be disciplined. We need to persevere. We need to do all of those things. But you can't do any of those things until you first start with a dream. God came to you today. And asked you, what shall I give you? What would you say? A million dollars? What would you say? A new car? A house? What would you say? What would you say? What is God's dream for your life? Yeah, I'm doing the pregnant pause so you can think about these things. What is God's dream for your life? do you even know have you pursued that have you prayed about that have you asked God what is your dream for my life he made you he already knows it he's already been to the end if you remember he's already formed you he's already shaped you he already knows what it's like in the end and then he backs all the way up and now we begin God what is your dream for my life so I can stop being so frustrated pursuing things that are not on the road and not on the path to my dream. What is your dream for my life? So I can stop searching for things that will never come to pass because it's not my part of my purpose. What is your dream for my life? What were you put here to accomplish? Everyone has a purpose. You, you are a dreamer. You are the one who lives in the world of imagination. God's imagination for your life. You are a dreamer. You can imagine. You can imagine. Let me throw some scriptures at you. Some of them you might be able to write down. You might not have room for all of them. But Genesis 13, you remember, God came to Abram uh, after he had separated from Lot. And he told him, he said, lift your eyes. Look, look. Look northward, southward, eastward, westward. Everywhere you set your eyes, I give to you and your descendants forever. What would you ask God for? Genesis 15:1. after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said, do not be afraid. Here's the thing. Many of us are afraid because of past experiences. But listen to what God told Abraham. And I want you to take this to heart this morning. Because if you take this to heart, you'll have no more fear about your future. You'll have no more fear about taking the road less traveled. God told Abraham, do not be afraid, he said, because I am your exceeding great reward. Now, you might say, hmm, that's interesting. But understand the impact of what God told him. I am, I am, I am. Not a million dollars. A million dollars is great, but that's nothing. I can do that easy, right? Perfect health, that's, I, I could do that, no problem. I can do so many things. But I am your great and exceeding reward, your exceedingly great reward. I am. And we don't understand that our pursuit is after God, not after things. Because he says, but seek ye first, you know it, Matthew six thirty-three. the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. How many? How many? All these things shall be added unto you. But we seek three or four things, and maybe you get those three or four things. I don't know about you, but I want all these things that God has for me to be added unto me. Remember Joseph in in Genesis 37, he had a dream, he told it to his brothers. Here's the thing, we we do need to understand that you can't tell everybody your dream. You can't tell everybody your dream sometimes, come on, because they're going to bring you down. They go, you know, I remember, I remember, uh, you know, I, I, have a, I have a brother that's like this as well, that uh, is just, uh, just negative. You know, I mean, not, maybe not purposefully negative, but he just, he's just negative. He's just negative. You know, I mean, I, I remember telling him, you know, I said, hey man, uh, you know, I wrote a book and, uh, you know, I sold a few copies. He said, yeah, just on Amazon. I mean, but you're not at, you're not at, uh, you know, what, what's the other bookstores? you know, not Barnes and Nobles. I, I, I know, but I, I was just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we were, were, Jitra and I were here and we, move, we were moving from an apartment. And we were building a house, a new builder uh, over in Fieldstone. And I remember telling my brother, I said, man, this is, we're building a house. This is the first house I ever built. He said, good luck with that. You know, those builders ain't no good and uh, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, Kevin. Why are you so negative? <laughs> I mean, some you know, you can't tell everyone your dream. You can't tell everyone your dream. However, let me, let me just encourage you this way. If you could get secure in yourself, in the word that God loves you, that God is for me and not against me, that no matter what anyone else says, it it only matters what God says about me. If you can get secure in yourself, then I would tell you, you can tell people your dream because it won't matter what they say to you. You know, I mean, if you're fragile, I, I I personally probably wouldn't tell everyone all of my dreams. But if you're if you can get to that point where you're secure in yourself, listen, it doesn't matter what anyone else says about me. It doesn't matter. God knows my dream, and I'm going to let it be known. <laughs> Joseph told his brothers his dream, and look where it led him, right where God wanted him to be. Amen. Come on. Right where God wanted him to be. You remember there was a big deal some years ago, those of you church people, uh, about the spirit of Jabez. Remember that? Remember Jabez? Uh, you know, Lord, he asked the Lord, oh, help me, help me expand my territory I went back and read that because uh, at first it was so exciting. And then it was like, oh, you know, is it a prosperity gospel? What is it? You know, there's all this stuff about it. But it's scripture. It's scripture. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. Your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. And I may not cause pain because his name meant pain, right? And then we stop right there. And then we make this whole doctrine on just that. But I can tell you what happened next. The Bible, if you read it, says, and God granted his request. And God granted his request. What would you ask for if God came to you and said, ask, ask? He granted his request. He he told Solomon, ask. Remember in 2 Kings, it says that they crossed over and Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you? And Elisha wasn't timid. He said, I want to. I want double what you got. In other words, I want to be better than you. Because he knew it was all from the Lord. Right? And it was out of honor. It wasn't arrogance. He didn't want to be better than him per se. He wanted a double anointing. Right? I, want to, I see what God did with you. I want a double anointing. And guess what a good father, a good mother, a good mentor would do? Would say, yeah, I want you to have a double anointing. I want you to exceed where I am. Come on. What would you do? Now to him who is able to do exceeding. Come on. You know it. Abundantly. Above all that you ask or think. According to the power that works in you. That's what we're talking about. According to the power, God's power that works in you. And then we can say like John said in 1 John, now this is the confidence that I have in him. That if we ask anything, anything, anything according to his will, come on. He hears us, and we know that he hears us. If he hears us, whatever we ask, whatever we ask, whatever, whatever, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask for. This is the confidence that we have in him. What would you ask for? Why are you not asking? Why are you not asking? Jesus himself, these are Jesus' words, not my words, but Jesus' words. In Matthew chapter 7, He said what? Ask and it might be given. I'll think about giving it. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened. You want to know what our problem is? We don't ask, seek, and knock. We sit and wait and hope. But God says ask, seek, and knock. Get up. I'm trying to encourage you that your dream has to be proactive. You can't sit and just let thoughts come to you come on be proactive with your mind the bible says that we need to bring every thought under the obedience of christ you want to know why we get in trouble so much is because we don't bring our thoughts under the obedience of christ bring every thought every thought under the obedience of christ that causes you to be proactive you need to be proactive and i believe our dreams are thoughts and so we need to bring every dream under the obedience of Christ. Come on, ask, seek, knock. He will do it. You have the capacity to imagine. But here's what it is. You first need to empty yourself. Some of us, you know, maybe not with the young people, but with some of us, we, you know, we've been around so long that we're so full of it. We are. We're full of stuff. I'm telling you, stuff you've gained over the years. Whether it be knowledge, whether it be negative stuff, your brother told you or whoever, someone, uh, you know, whatever it might be. All the stuff that you've gained and you've filled yourself up with that you haven't dealt with. You haven't gone to see Jody about so that you can deal with some of his stuff, this root of bitterness and all of these things. We haven't dealt with it. And if you don't deal with it, it's still there. And God's trying to bless you, but you blocking it. You are blocking the blessing and you don't even know it. You must put away vain imaginations. You must not let the past frame your future. Don't let your past frame your future, folks. You have been given the ability to dream. What? You have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. You have the same spirit that the people before you. All those who accomplished great things, anyone who accomplished great things for God, had the same spirit that you have same spirit including the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead the same spirit that stopped time when God spoke the same spirit that parted the Red Sea when Moses lifted his staff the same spirit you have in you you have it in you so here's some questions for you you might want to write this down or, or try to remember it. what assumptions are you making that you're not aware of that gives you where you are today gives you these moments that gives you where you are today? what assumptions what vain imaginations that are not inspired by God go back and look at that what assumptions am I making that I'm not aware of am I making that gives me what I see right now what assumptions because here's what I'm talking about. Here, look at it this way. You ever been afraid of what was going to happen next week? Something's coming. I owe the bill. Uh, something happened between me and so-and-so. And now I got to go meet with Brother James at lunch or whatever it might be. And I... And I know something so i'm I'm fearing this meeting or whatever it is, because I'm thinking I know what he's going to say or what Jody might say to me, you know, or whatever it is, and you you fear something that's coming, the unknown, and all of a sudden it comes, and it wasn't even what you thought it was going to be. The person told you that they loved you or maybe they apologized to you, and you were thinking you had to apologize, or you know somehow the money came through. I don't know how, but somehow it worked out I'm still living. Whatever happened, I'm I'm still living, it's still working out. You ever been through that? Think about what assumptions you've been through in the past, and now think about what assumptions are you making right now that affect your future? What new dream does God desire to birth in you? Think about it. What's something that's been going over and over in your mind? And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you're 10 years old, 75, it doesn't matter. It does. As long as you are breathing on this earth, God is not through with you. God is not through with you. So what new dream does God desire to birth in you? What creative resources does he desire to bring into your life? How will God stretch your mind to just believe in him? Because the battle is his. He just wants you to stretch your mind. You know what? It's just like salvation. I mean, what can you do? What can you do to get into heaven? What can you do? What can you possibly do? What can you do? Here's why you can't do anything to get into heaven. Here's why. Because sin is intrinsic. Sin is something that is a chink in our armor as humans. Sin is is there. There's nothing you can do about it. Sin is not... See, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to get into heaven because I've done 174,000 bad things uh, and then I did 227,000 things that were kind of questionable and I had uh, 14,000 thoughts that weren't so good. You want to add up all of this stuff. and Listen, the only reason why you did all of those things is because sin is already in you. You sin because you're a sinner. Because it's in your flesh to do. So the only thing we can do to get into heaven is believe God. He paid the price for everything we've done, everything we will do, he paid that price. And so we can't do anything. All we can do is believe, confess with our mouth and believe with our heart. And he'll tell us to go down in the water and he'll give us the Holy Spirit. That's all we can do. Well listen, with your dreams and all of that, don't start trying to do stuff first. First imagine, go to God, give me the dream. And watch how he opens doors and he'll tell you which way to go. His word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He'll tell you where to walk because we walk by faith, not God has the title deed to your future. We know that faith is a substance of things hoped for, but it's a substance. It's our substance. It's our substance. Come on. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is that substance, it's the confidence. It's the substructure of things that we hope for. Faith enables us to treat dreams as reality. That's what faith does for you. Faith sees the invisible and receives the impossible. That's what faith does for you. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I know you can't see it because you need faith to see this. When I tell you my dream, you might say, well, I can't see it. Good luck with that. Yeah, just on Amazon. Yeah, I understand that because you can't see it. You can't see it because it takes faith to see this. It takes faith to see this. Kevin, you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Faith is to believe what we do not see. And the reward of this faith is to see what we believe. See what we believe. And finally, faith is the power that creates things out of nothing. So if you're a person here today and you say, I understand all that stuff, brother Mike, and you talking about imagine and dream and all that, but you don't understand, I ain't got nothing, to use my best uh, Indiana University college town English. I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing, so how am I gonna do it? Faith, faith has the ability to make something out of nothing God gives you that same you serve a God and you have the same DNA and the same spirit of the same God who when there was nothing and when I say nothing I don't mean like you know I don't have any furniture in my house uh, I got nothing I don't mean like I don't have any food in my refrigerator I'm talking about there was nothing just black nothing nothing God had it in his mind and he spoke it there and then there was a bang but the bang came from nothing. It came from nothing. So you need to believe that God can make something out of nothing so it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter how you've messed up listen, you messed up, just repent, that's all God needs from you, all he needs you to do is repent, change your heart, that's all he needs, he don't need you to start crying and crawling and get on your knees and go out and stand in the highway and whatever it is, he just needs you to repent, come back to him, get up from where you are come to yourself and say, you know what in my father's house, come on the servants are treated better than this, I'm going back home and God will receive you, come on and you can get all that out the way. So if you, so if you feeling like, well, you don't know what I've done. Look, that ain't. It, I, listen, I'm just, I'm gonna just tell you that it's, it's no big deal. And you might say, well, yes, it is. Sin is a big deal. Yeah, it is. But God's already taken care of it. I'm telling you, you're making a much bigger deal than it is. God's just saying, just come to me, just come to me. I'll take care of all of that. But you, your job is to come to Him. Amen. And the enemy is telling you, don't do that. You'll be embarrassed. You'll be embarrassed. What will people think of you? What would people think of you? No, God's just saying, come to me, come to me. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to dream. I just want to lay a foundation for the rest of the series. Listen, imagine, have a dream in your mind.